Hey folks, welcome back to the Manana Nomas podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Von Anen, and today I am thrilled, super thrilled, to bring a friend to share with you guys, Tammy Joy Lane. I met Tammy over a year ago. Uh, she was part of the Jake Ballantyne uh, Speaker Author Coach Network. We did a live event together before COVID shut things down, and she was just one of the shining stars that I met at that event and someone I've stayed in touch with and somebody that I can't wait to share with you. And we've got pieces of her in the Manana Nomas Learning Center too. So stay tuned. We'll get more links for you and we'll tell you all about Tammy and her efforts. Tammy, give us a little information about yourself. Awesome, Kurt. Thank you so much for having me on here. I just love you so much. I love all you're doing. Every time I see you, like my heart gets lifted a little. So thank you for all you do. So I am just a hot mess basically trying to <laughs> that's really what I want on my funeral like on my casket thing hot mess but, Tammy Joy, um, hot mess <laughs> like I just want to show the world that you matter and remind people that they matter and that we can literally change the world and make it safe to be human if we just do this and pause and think twice before we talk or text. So just base, no big deal here. Just try and make the world safe to be human. <laughs> so here's part of what is so genuine and authentic about interacting with you, Tammy. And that's like, you open up with, yeah, I'm a hot mess, right? Like most people would go, oh, my name is Tammy Joy Lane. I live in Oregon. I do this, I do that. I have this cool website. I have all these people. I work with CEOs, you know, and usually when I introduce people and it becomes this verbal resume and I introduce you and you're like, I'm a hot mess. And it's like, but I know underneath the layers, I know if I start asking the right questions, you're gonna start blowing people's minds with the amount of compassion, um, love, the patience that you have. And, and dealing with people and their issues. Because when you say hot mess, you're talking about hot messes that a lot of people try to avoid. You talk to people about suicide prevention and, and not making you know, permanent short-term decisions or long-term decisions for short-term problems. So tell me a little bit about that. Like how, what drew you to this? What, what got you excited to work in this area and, and do what you do? Okay, so I was, I joined the army when I was 18, not because I wanted to do it my whole life or because I had all these great plans, but because I was in love with this boy and it was his dream. So why not just join the army? The funniest part is I came home and my dad said, I said, hey dad, I'm thinking about joining the army. This was after I'd already done it. And he said, that's a terrible idea, you know, and he goes and lists all these things. And I just say, too late. And so that's our running joke with my dad is we just, he asked me if I've already done it when I'm asking for his advice. But I came home, I turned 21 in Baghdad and I came home early actually because of a suicide attempt. And so I didn't ever feel like I was a good soldier. And I kind of came home in shame a little just quietly, you know, and I started my psych ward visits in 2004 and they didn't stop till 20, oh, 2019. So I had a gap, 2013 
was my last suicide attempt. And then 2019, right before we met, um, I didn't do anything, but I was, I had a plan and I knew if I didn't check myself in, I was going to check out. So that's kind of why I got into this. And then I just started talking to people and I thought it was all in my, I thought I only thought these things. And when I sat down with a good friend of mine, she was spiraling out suicidal. And I said, listen, just give me all your, all your thoughts. I'll, I'll write them down. And she wrote all, I wrote down all the thoughts I had had. And I'm like, plagiarism. These, I thought they were mine. Like I thought I was the only one that had these thoughts and they were to the T exactly the same. And that hit me like, I bet so many people are struggling. And then I just started sharing the hard stuff instead of hiding it. Like, I feel like sometimes we have our skeletons in our closet, but our skeletons need to be inside of us. You know, like that's why we're so weak and hard outer shell is because our skeletons are in the freaking closet. We got to get that out and like, let it be inside of us as our strength, not as something we hide in the closet. So what you say there, just in the terms of like leadership training, right? Because like one of my big channels is leadership and dealing with people in leadership. And, and I tell people all the time, stop thinking you have to be the perfect leader, right? Show people your blemishes, show people your insecurities. You know, I can remember when I ran the team at Suzuki, everybody thought I was going to come in as some kind of know-it-all. And instead I was like, hey, I know a lot of things about a lot of things, but I don't know this, 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 and this. And I'm going to need you guys as the team to prop us up, you know? And then they were kind of like, this guy's kind of like human. This is weird, right? But it's, you let people in and that's like your super strength, right? Like everyone's got a superpower and I'm going to steal from Stacy Rasky and in, in the interview I did with her on this one, but it's like, everybody's got a superpower. And when I met you, Tammy, I felt like your superpower was that vulnerability, but it doesn't come by as weak vulnerability. It comes out as a strength. It's a really cool thing. Thank you. So you, so you had your own issues and then you met someone else that had issues and you helped that person. How did that spool into yes to kindness and the you matter cause? Well, so after I was in and out of psych wards, I was in and out of marriages. I moved like 38 times in 38 years. And I was trying to outrun myself, blaming everyone else, blanket blaming. And when my fourth husband left, he came back, he's back now, but he said, you're, (laughs) he said, you're intolerable and left. And I laid on the floor and cried. And I thought, well, shit, maybe I am part of the problem. And I just thought I have to change. And that was like the first time that was in 2015, I realized I had a problem because I was so afraid to look in the mirror and see my own problems. It was just easier to blame my first ex-husband, my second ex-husband, my third ex-husband, the army. It was just this blame, 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 blame. And then I just realized It's not getting me anywhere. And so I just started doing kindness. Like I thought if I could just do one thing a day, one nice thing a day, and then, so it kind of saved my life reaching out. 
And so I worked from the outside in because I wasn't at a place where I could just look in the mirror and say, I love myself. Yeah. But I could pass someone, a stranger, and say, I like your hair. And as I started looking for the, the good in other people, I started to see it in myself. And in 2016, my husband had come back and we were on a cruise. And I, he took this picture and it was like, I remember the first time thinking I was beautiful. And I was just like, I knew that was because I was so busy looking for the good in others. So... That is awesome. That really is awesome. So talk to me about yes to kindness, right? Now, yes to kindness sticks out to me. I know that you are, uh, you know, you're running on a treadmill and doing kinds of things that we'll talk about here in a little bit for, for a you matter thing. But I know you as like yes to kindness and sending postcards and having an initiative like that. So can we cover some of that? Yeah, so when I with my very last suicide attempt, I, before that I'd had two kids. So I basically had postpartum psychosis. Like I got tased twice. It was like this very traumatic thing, but what I needed more than ever was to serve, but everyone thought I was not okay. So I would offer help and they're like, no, 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 you're okay. And I was drowning in my own, not being able to help someone. And they said, because well, you want to feel useful, right? Is that yeah. the whole, yeah, finding a cause and a purpose and be useful. Exactly. And so I would come up with ideas, like I could write cards in the middle of the night when I'm up with a baby and everything was just kind of shut down, shut down. And so it hit me. I was actually at church. They passed the sacrament around and I don't know, I can't even remember when this was, but basically I put my hand up and I said, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, I'm not okay. But I say, no, I'm okay. And that hit me. That's what we do to each other. We put our hand up and we say, no, I'm okay. But we stop this flow of kindness. And so I feel like most people who are mean used to be nice, but they kept getting in trouble, in trouble for trying. I mean, if you're gonna be in trouble for being nice, you might as well be an asshole. Like, okay. Sooner or later, you got to give it up. <laughs> I'm not promoting that, but it's this idea of it's kindness rejection. You know, you only, after you get rejected so many times for trying to be helpful, then you stop. And if we think of little kids, I think that's a lot of the problem these days is we, they can never do anything good enough. You know, loading the dishwasher, they're getting corrected. Sweeping, they're getting corrected. And finally, it's just like, I don't want to keep trying. And, and so when yes to kindness was initially recreated, it was saying yes to kindness and accepting it as freely as we overgive it because we give and we give and, and then we get this helper's high and it's a, it's a real thing. And then we don't allow others to get that same high, basically. I definitely see that. And there are times where like, for instance, the Challenge Connection, my newest platform that I'm launching to show people how to use online challenges, there's, there are, you know, power partners in the internet industry, 
that have seen what I'm doing and I've discussed the project with them. And because you talk to peers, you know, you're like, Hey, you share things with people and they're like, Hey, I'd really like to help you with that. And that I have no idea what to let them help with. So I'm, so I, I've caught myself going like, ah, I think I got it, dude. It's all good. And then I realized like, I'm going to say it was recent, maybe within the last five, six weeks, I was like, you know what, dude, that would be awesome. You know, if you have an intern available or somebody that can help me with some of the, you know, repetitive coding things or answering the comments, that would be great because that would take the load off my shoulders. And I even let um, somebody take over my LinkedIn account to, um, there's certain messaging in LinkedIn to help me grow my network. And I was like, let's do like a virtual assistant to try and help that, you know, take root. And it's so hard to do, Tammy, because you like, in your mind, you're like, I've got to do this, or this is my responsibility, or I'm responsible for this. And it's like, there's people that want to help, just let them help. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I, I do this thing at Christmas and it's a Christmas kindness list. And instead of doing like things you want, you make like little kindnesses that you would like other people to do if they ask you for help. Or like when I had COVID in December, I decided whatever people asked me, I would say yes. And it was so hard because I'm like, I'm teaching this, but it's just funner and easier to teach it, not to do it, you know? Oh, yeah. And so I got, but that lifted me up and I got healed so fast because if someone would call and ask for something, I would say yes. And and usually people ask you to help you in a way that's easy for them. And so something is like blocking us and it's really hard. And so we think it's going to be hard for everyone, but someone yes. can do it in two seconds and then it's over. And so that is the magic of this idea is just, if you just write down, if anyone asked me for help ever, this is what I'm going to say. And one good example is my friend, she was 87 and the, these two gentlemen would bring her sacrament on Sunday. And she would, and I said, when they're here, why don't you ask them to help you? And she said, because I don't want them to work on Sunday. And I'm like, they're not coming on Tuesday, you know? <laughs> and so I said, like, just have a list so that when they're here, I mean, she's in a wheelchair and can't move but someone could easily get something off the shelf or like a ton of simple, simple things that are overwhelming. And so it's just this idea that it's not about anything other than just saying yes. That is, that's something good to think about. I'm trying to think of all the things right now. It's like, there's, there's web stuff, there's stuff. I mean, there's things that realistically as a parent i should be expecting my kids to do that i'm not leveraging them to do right because it's like you get in this whole weird space and covid's really changed the home you know the just the dynamic of who's home when they're home who's making noise when can i get a quiet space um well you and i just went through a where's quiet space where's decent light where am i going to put the camera right and it's um and that all is like going on right now. Whereas two years ago, you know, you sent the kids off to school, your you know, spouse went off to the office and you had a quiet moment to be productive and do stuff for the day. You know, 
I wanted to be outside today in the sunshine with palm trees blowing and, and, and have a Tammy vibe for this podcast. And it's raining in Southern California. So now everyone gets the, the Kurt bicycle mechanic vibe. So, but yeah, it's, and it's sunny here up in Washington. So we look. <laughs> well, it's just like kind of like the COVID thing. It's like, this is just kind of like the way it is now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really don't see things. Some people say, oh, I can't wait to get back to normal or back to the office. You know, I have a lot of clients that say, I want to go back to the office. And I'm like, I don't think there's going to be a back to the office like what you're thinking. Because if the company could stay a lot, in a lot of cases, a lot of businesses actually went up during COVID, right? Like, you know, their their accounts receivable is up, maybe their payables are down, they've reduced staff and they've stayed profitable. So why go back to paying for a building to lease or rent or buy when they could just have people work from home and still get the job done? Exactly. You know, what does, how has COVID made an impact in your initiatives and what you do? Have you found yourself getting busier or less busy? Um, I feel like it's kind of, it used to be us and them, people who struggle and people who didn't. And now it's just all us. Like (laughs) everybody struggles. That sounds kind of terrible, but it's just, it's, it's nice that more people are talking about it. I feel more than ever. And I think bringing awareness. And once you, can you hear my dishwasher? No, thank goodness. Zoom does a great job of knocking out some foreign noises. Okay, I'm like, I just don't know if I need to stop and grab that. Okay, so back to um, just bringing the awareness. Like if you go through something, And then you call your friend that had gone through it and say, I'm so sorry, I wasn't more helpful. I didn't know. But now knowing that, you know, when you're in it, that you can do the most good because you know what it feels like. So. Yeah, and I don't know why my body language just changed right there with me crossing my arms, but it's probably because I'm gonna ask a weird question. When, when people are dealing like with things like suicidal thoughts and stuff like that, like our social conditioning is like, that's a sign of weakness or that's a sign of shame or that's a sign of, um, I, I, it's like a rape victim telling everybody she was raped, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's super difficult to do. But now I think with COVID and stuff, I think it's become more acceptable now to say, Hey, I'm not doing well with this. This is this this is whacked. Like us being locked down, stuck at home, uh, you know, with the liquor store being open and my cabinet being full, this is probably not a good combination, right? Right. right. And so I, I think things have loosened up quite a bit, and maybe there's some more normalcy in the expression of challenges now. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of it too. The more people that talk about it, the more we'll talk about it, and. I'll do a post and I will go to delete it because I'm like, why did I say all that? And I was crying and acting. And it has the most comments of thank you. I needed to hear this. And I'm like, oh, crap. So it's that idea of one second. So when things don't go as planned, it's that giving yourself the grace and reality of you can make a plan and you can plan your life but it's not always going to go exactly as planned yeah i so 
when you are you're making content how how much of that content that you make because a lot of people see it like for instance uh you know i host the zoom night out you've come to zoom night out my sister's come to zoom night out uh you know a couple of ducati mechanics come to zoom night out and all of a sudden i see my sister is like following all of your posts and like liking your posts and stuff right it's like so we all become interconnected and just like you were saying there's posts that you make where you're like, I should take that down or I shouldn't have made that. And that is, and then you start getting results from it, right? Like I send out a daily email, right? And I was literally after like three weeks was gonna be like, forget it, this isn't working. I haven't heard from anybody. I've asked people to respond or reply. I don't get anything. So I'm just gonna stop doing it. And as I was gonna stop doing it, I opened up my email and there's a message in there. Uh, one was from you, but one was from somebody else that said, please don't stop sending these messages. These are awesome. They inspire me every day. And I'm like, holy crap. I was literally just going to stop sending these messages, right? Um, what is it that motivates you, Tammy? What, like, because I know it's hard. You're making the content. You make emotional content. We can tell you're invested in it. What keeps you doing it? I I have thought to pick a different topic probably once a week for five years, six years. And I'm like, why didn't I choose leadership or something? <laughs> and I, it's the, it's the random, some guy my sister went to school with that I don't even know who I'm friends with Facebook calling me and just saying, I just wanna go. And then we talk it out. It's the, it's the people like being friends with your sister. And when I'm ready to throw my stickers in the garbage, she orders some, it's, it's like so much, it's so many tiny things more than just one big thing. And it's just the, the problem or the challenge with, you know, all this, Facebook, Instagram, all these messages is we don't even know who's who they're hitting. And most people don't say anything. Yeah. And so as you go and you spread your message, it's so important to remember that you don't know, you're not getting ratings, you know, you're not getting feedback a lot of times. And just last night, I'm speaking tomorrow for some young women and I'm just, I called my friend and mentor and I'm like, what, you know, what would we want to hear when we were 14, 15? And she, we talked through it and she goes, you saved my life. Like, and I just kind of threw back and she's like, I don't think you understand what, like, I would just send her random videos of motivation. It wasn't yeah. even anything I said. And it's just, it's like getting a feeling and thinking of someone and sending a note because we don't even know our challenges and struggles, even as friends and even as people we live with, we don't know the struggle because we are pretty good at hiding it. Yeah, I would say humans do an unbelievably good job at masking issues and problems, you know? Um, and I was just you know, like, as soon as, as you were talking, I was like instantly thinking like, you know, with me being a youth pastor and stuff like that in the past, it's like, 
wow, what would I have said to 14 and 15 year old girls, you know, but it's like, you know, decisions you make today can last forever. But here's the good news. You can change direction along the way too, right? Like, like tomorrow's the first day of the rest of your life. If you've been making bad decisions for the last two years, you can change direction. You can slowly start to ebb and flow in the right way, you know, but it's, I always try to find like, what's the silver lining, right? What, what is the, what is the opportunity hidden within this obstacle? And I think that, and, and that's a new thing. Like that's not a, Kurt didn't grow up that way. Kurt grew up, you know, poor in Philadelphia with a single parent. Um, I raised my little sister. She's six years younger than me. Um, so she was basically an infant when my mom was a single mom. And so it was, it was not easy. It wasn't, you know, well, whatever that privilege is, they keep telling me I have, I don't have it. <laughs> so, um, when I, when I look at all of those challenges and then thinking about how I am now, I realize it's only been like 12 or 15 years that I've even had enough insight, like to take accountability for things myself or tell people like, Hey, I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Um, you know, when I was in the automotive industry, you know, and you, everyone's taking their car to get it worked on. Right. So you take your car to get it worked on and then somebody scratches it or somebody, you know, chips the window, something happens. Right. And then the customer comes in and complains. Well, usually the first thing is we didn't do it. It was like that when it came in or, you know, whatever. Um, I got to the point where I would just call people while the car was still there. And I'd say, Hey, Mr. Smith, bad news. It looks like, you know, we, we scratched the inside of the door. I hope it's not too bad for you. When you come in, I want to make sure you see it. I'll go over it with you. If there's something we need to do to make you happy, just let us know you know, and then you'd have a customer for the rest of your life because they've never been treated that way. They've never been treated like upfront, hey, I made a mistake. How can I fix it for you? Yes. You know, and so when you are dealing with people having issues, maybe it's like that. Maybe you never thought this way before, Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith, Bob, Terry, Shirley, whatever, but it's okay to be screwed up. It's okay to say you've got a problem. You know, the, the thing is, what are you going to do to take the next step? Yeah. Well, and that's it is just not, we're not broken. We're just human, you know, and not trying to fix each other, just see each other and hear each other and not, things don't need to be fixed. People don't need to be fixed all the time. They just need to be heard and seen. And yeah, there's, you need like professional help and I see a therapist and I'm in between therapists and I'm, I'm kind of panicking, you know, <laughs> but it's just, it's okay. It's mostly okay. You were, you were just trying to say something serious there. And I realized I'm on the other screen kind of giggling to myself, which is kind of a weird thing if people are watching the podcast, but I was literally just thinking of a conversation with me and my wife last week. And she was telling me like, she didn't feel well. And she, you know, that, and I am just sitting there, you know, and then, you know, men always want to fix it. Right. So she was like, and then she looked and she goes, are you even listening to me? Are you even paying attention? And I was like, I'm being a good husband. I'm just listening. <laughs> and so that reminded me of that moment. Right. I was like, I was like, I'm doing my best to just keep my mouth shut and just listen to you, sweetheart. Yeah. Well, and this whole idea of celebrating people more than tolerating them, you know, like people can tell a difference. And, you know, I had this job interview and it was like the best job interview ever. They were basically like, we don't really have a position for you, but we're making one and we know how you are and who you are. 
and 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 then I had this other job interview and it was like I would have been kind of tolerated and I'm like uh-uh I spent a lot of my life being tolerated uh-uh, <laughs> no more so just this idea of change shifting between seeing people in this grateful light and celebrating them and being so grateful instead of no one's really out to get you you know my cousin was like I don't think your kids and husband are like out to make your life miserable and I'm like Huh. Maybe that's true. <laughs> it, it just happens naturally. And so even this last week in my house, I'm just more like the way I think about my family and talk about them. It's just changed the whole dynamic. So like we have more power in our thoughts and our words than we accept. I wish I wish I had known that when I was 14. <laughs> I wish I would have known how much physical cues account for communication when I was younger, you know, because I have a horrible time controlling the looks on my face all the time. Um, I've noticed when I train, when I work with companies, when I, I've done um, presentations in front of big groups of people and someone will ask a question and I can look at them like they're an absolute idiot and I have no idea that I'm doing it right. But it's like when I see the video play later, you know, because I used to video my sessions a lot to see what I could improve on. And then I noticed like somebody would say, you know, like, well, how come the green wire is not positive or something like that? And I would be like, <laughs> like are you serious, dude? <laughs> but I, I had no idea that I was doing that. And I would imagine when you're when you're talking to people, you kind of have to diffuse them a little bit and be like, don't take everything so personal. Not everything's meant as an insult. You know, the world's not all about you. You just interpret it that way. Yeah. Well, I'm working with a coach now and I'll, I'll have a situation. That's what I call it. I had a situation happen <laughs> and we'll talk through it. And she just helps me see it in a different way where, you know, you don't even know what they're going on or why they acted that way. And just, giving people the grace you wish they would give to you and giving yourself the grace you want from others, you know, and lately it's like, just ask for what you need. Don't be all weird and shady about it. Um, This lady was like, it increases your chances by 200% if you just ask for what you want. And I've been doing it and I'm usually this is kind of probably surprising, but I'm usually like pretty, I don't like confrontation. I don't like to make waves. And um, and I won't usually ask for what I want or need because I don't want to put anyone out or, but what we forget is if I ask you to help me with something with a computer, it's easy for you. Where to me, it's overwhelming and shut downable. You know, and so just remembering everyone has their different gifts and we need each other. And it's just so much easier if we let each other serve in a way that's easy for us. There's so much truth in that, you know. And how many people do you deal with, Tammy, that are uh, one person shows? Like how many people in your circle are trying to be, you know, accounts payable, accounts receivable, marketing, sales, and service Mm -hmm. all in one? Yep. Right. So, so difficult. So I want to change gears a little bit, but it's probably on the same 
on the same set of transmission, maybe. Talk to me about the You Matter stickers and walking in flip-flops and things like that. What's going on there? Okay, so March is 100, 100 miles in March, and we're doing that for suicide prevention because more soldiers are dying from suicide than war. I mean, than combat. It's just so disturbing. And so I joined this challenge. Well, a while ago I had made these stickers. You matter stickers. And I just, everything I do, I just get an idea and I go full force. So I printed like 2000. And then I just had this idea to sell it, but my, I'm just mostly idea person and then not so good from there. So for this challenge, I had this flag printed And I'll just walk around town holding it. And like, I'm getting super strong muscles in my arms from holding it and I'm finding all different ways. But it's just, it's funny because some people will smile, some will honk, I'll get a lot of scowls and it's okay. Just whatever, whatever. I'm just, I feel like the more we remind each other that we matter, that it's going to be easier to choose life if you remember that you matter. So illustrate for me and for the listeners, when you have a thought and you're like, well, I'm really good at thoughts and I just take action. Okay, well, great. What is your perceived goal of that action? Like when when you're like, I'm going to make 2000 You Matter stickers and I'm going to make this flag and I'm going to hold it up and I'm going to try and make people feel better. What's, what's like a goal? Like what's, what, what do you think is the end result that would come from that? So hmm, I don't really start with the end in mind. I just start with, I just go. So I, I just, I mean, I hope that, you know, some people don't like stickers and they don't want them and that's okay. And then it's just, it's just like having an idea and going forward. And sometimes ideas work and sometimes they don't, you know? And, but if it helps one person, then it was worth, it was worth it. Okay. So helps one person. I'm going to walk you all through this stuff. So helping one person, what does that look like? So someone is like, you matter, so they feel better for the day. Or is it like, you matter and you become the you matter lady. And next thing you know, you're like consulting someone or, or referring them. Like, do you refer people to therapists or organizations? Like if someone calls you and says, thank God I found you, Tammy. I'm, I'm this close. You know, I'm going to have one more shot of whiskey and then I'm going to eat a bullet. I mean, at that point, I would assume you take action. You jump into something. What What's your process? Yeah, so like, I think everyone should have the suicide prevention hotline in their phone or memorize it. And then one thing I do is the text line. It's the suicide text line, 741-741. You can just text HOPE. And um, I just sometimes listening long enough for them to admit that they can get help or that getting help is a safe. 
because there are times where you get help and then it turns out bad and you're never going to ask for help again. And so sometimes yeah. it's a lot of like overcoming objections kind of, and like selling people on themselves. Like I feel like a salesman sometimes literally. And then sometimes I'll say, okay, walk me down. Tell me tomorrow, you know, say you do it tonight, paint me the picture of what happens tomorrow. And I, have them tell me you know who finds you and it's and they start fighting for themselves and it flips because they're like yeah. you know I can't do that and I'm like oh I just got super chills but it's it's like giving them like I remember my friend she just said you've been talking about it for a long time like what if you just did it and then I started fighting for myself and I'm like, well, I can't because, you know, I'm only 22 or whatever. And, and I remember that more than I remember most things people said, what if you did it? And I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm very careful who I say that I don't just go out and, you know, that's a very, yeah. you know, timing and but it's just like getting people to fight for themselves and for their 10 year from now person and their next year person. I mean, last year when we met, I was living in a motorhome that didn't even have a shower for seven months. I didn't even have a shower. And I was just like, I cannot live like this. And now my whole life is completely different. And so just hanging on for the hope of the future. I can remember back. So I'm 53. And when I was 20, 21, things were not uh, positive. They just weren't, right? Um, young, single, not married, no encumbrances. Um, but I had a house and the house was um, behind, right? So I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm so young. I'm failing. I'm going to lose the house. Uh, you know, this is bad. This is bad. My girlfriend broke up with me and you just start having like all these weird thoughts. Right. And then I think about what if I would have made a weird decision then. Right. And I thought about this a lot when I was pastoring um, youth and when we were working with a young adults group, you know, because sometimes they'll say, oh, I'm, I just have so much anxiety. Like these young people nowadays, I don't know where all this anxiety comes from, but they're like, young people are coming apart. And it's like, what are you coming apart for? Like, Seriously, just hang in there because 10, 20, 30 years from now, you're not going to believe the experience and what life has available for you if you give up now. You know, I mean, I, I think about it. You know, I've started multiple businesses, I've published a book, I've mentored hundreds of people that have improved their lives. And, you know, while that sounds a lot like this going on, this side of the coin is if I would have made a really poor decision at the age of 20 or 21, that's hundreds of people that wouldn't have had an adult pour into them or that's, or wouldn't have had me pour into them. They would have maybe found another adult to do it, but it wouldn't have been the Kirk flavor, you know? And when you, when you look at your life, when you, when you get older and I, I'm not that old, I'm only 53. I mean, gosh, Gary Vaynerchuk would tell you I had 40 years left in me. Right. So um, but I can look back and I can go, oh, this was a moment. This was a moment. This was a moment. You know, when I raced motorcycles and then stood on the podium, I'm like, holy crap, you know, I just did that. That's amazing. 
but that's stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do if I would have made a poor decision. Yeah, I remember when I stepped out on the stage to my TED talk and I just, it was like the most magical feeling of like, just felt like home, you know? It's like yeah. where I always needed to be, wanted to be. And I remember being 21, 22, just, you know, that's when like Dr. Kevorkian was around and I was like, yes, yeah. that is, I need to apply for that. And I need to tell them why, because I'm not okay and I'm not getting better. And so like, I was that person in the family that it was like, oh, just if you thought about me, it was stressful, you know, like, oh, what's she doing again? Or what's happening now? And I remember this conversation with my sister. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not my parents' worst child anymore. <laughs> Cause now it's you. <laughs> But it's just like people can change. And I mean, my fourth husband came back and I think we're happier than we've ever been. And we've been through some hard things. And I mean, people have not made it through less crappy things. And so yeah. no matter what you're going through, you can always make it through to something new and make different choices. Well, the hard stuff really makes you appreciate the good stuff. That's for sure. So I'm trying to, in my own mind, I'm just trying to picture, and, and it's going to sound weird when it comes out of my face, but like to go from a self-inventory of feeling worthless to presenting on a TEDx stage and knowing that thousands of people are on the edge of their seat waiting to hear what you're going to say has to be an amazing feeling. Yeah, I mean, just imagining myself in the fetal position on the floor, wishing, like, if I didn't have an active plan for suicide, I was sure wishing, like, I had, I remember someone got stung by a bee, I was severely jealous. I was like, how come they get to die, you know, and it's just, it was so hard, and it was so many years of hard, and I remember making this video never forget what it's like in this because sometimes yeah. we do get out of it and we forget and so I kept that video so I don't ever forget you know just tell someone choose to be happy is not helpful when they're in the thick of it well and that's that's true with almost any kind of of improvement training right is is humans are incredibly adaptable like nobody We've all seen the show Hoarders. No one buys a new house and says, I can't wait to fill this up with trash and die in a pile of trash, right? It just, it happens over time. Just like that happens, we could be at a certain level and grow, right? And become something better, but still not recognize it and be really harsh on ourselves. And sometimes we really need that reset to go back and go, oh, where was I and how far have I come and celebrate those wins. And I think the, the best way to celebrate the win is to not compare yourself to someone else's wins, right? Because your wins are your own. Well, I like and I, serious. I think even not comparing ourselves to ourselves, because 
some days you're just on it and you get stuff done. And then some days you can't literally get out of bed and they're all okay. You know, and I, I used to, so I think I'm unmedicated bipolar, but I'm still in denial that they, that that's a true diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) But I just feel like I'm on and then I'm off. And when I'm saying I'm having a bipolar minute, I can get more done in a day than most people get to get done in a year. And then I know I'm not going to be able to move for a couple of days. So it's just a kind of getting okay with however you are and not trying to be different. Because if I look at you and say, why can't I be more like Kurt? And then it just makes me feel worse and worse and worse and be like, okay, I know how I am and this is how I got to roll. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tam, I want to do a really good job of honoring your time. And we've been together for a while. So I want to make sure that I honor your time well. Um, What are some things that, you know, the Manana Nomas audience can either do to support you in your efforts or to learn more about you and your efforts? And know that in the in the description, I'll have a link to yes to kindness.com and stuff. But but what can we do for you? You said it's important to be able to ask for help. So if you knew that a thousand people were going to watch this podcast, what's something you could inspire a thousand people to do to help you? So I would love it if the next time you have an interaction, you just pause before you react and just spread this idea of pausing and creating this world that's safe to be human. And on my website, I have cards and stickers and you just don't know how much gratitude can flip someone's day or flip someone's life. And just receiving something in the mail because we just get junk mail, we get garbage. And so if you could get some of those and share the message of, you know, you matter, you are loved. Thank you. Thinking of you. Um, I take the pictures myself and then I create them. And it's just like, I'd appreciate that. That's good stuff. All right. Well, folks, uh, this has been a great time with Tammy Joy. I hope that uh, you fall in love with her just as much as uh, me and people in my family have. Um, she's been to Zoom night out. If we all harass the heck out of her, maybe she'll come back to another Zoom night out. But, um, you know, it, it's just, it's great to have her. Uh, Tammy, getting to know you over the last year, year and a half has been amazing. And uh, if you haven't seen her do any vertical push-ups, you're missing out. Um she, she does, you know, flips up against the wall. Now she's got my sister doing this crap on social media. So I, I don't know. The, the woman is infectious. So I'm going to inspire you. Uh, in the description of this video, you will see links uh, to her on Facebook, to her website, and to the course that we have on the Manana Nomas Academy for Yes to Kindness. And uh, with that, Tammy, uh, let's just say goodbye to the audience and give them a good wave. Thank you so much. Remember, you never know what someone's packing behind their smile or their scowl. So be nicer than you think is necessary. Amen.